0: Well, praise the Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm getting revived. Amen? Amen? Stirred by the Spirit of God. That's what God wants to do for us. Amen. Amen? You know, we'll remind you that to revive in the Greek means to flourish anew. means you're flourishing. It's a new, it's a new time. It's just like spring has just sprung up on the inside of you again. Amen? We'll remind you that Webster says to revive means to return to life or consciousness. I think that's pretty good too, isn't it? Amen. Life and a consciousness, awareness of God's plans and purposes coming to life in me. It means a return to health or vigor to come and bring back into use. Hallelujah. See, to bring back into use means that you did it once, but you've let it go. Are you listening to me? And so to revive something means to bring it back to life. Praise God means to bring it back into your consciousness bring it back into where it's an exciting thing not just a mundane or ritual thing revival in the webster says a reviving or being revived a restoration to vigor and activity i like that praise god Meaning what if i get revived i'm not going to be able to just sit and watch everybody else do something i'm going to i'm going to be excited want to do something myself amen we're going to get involved, and we're going to put our, our, our hand to what God's called us to do. Praise God. In Psalm 100, is which where we started, he says here, make a joyful shout to the Lord all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness, come before His presence with singing. Now here's the thing you've got to get a hold of. Revival is not just a feel-good service. Amen. And, and we share this, and you've got to get a hold of this. I, the, the church has to have this revived and renewed in us, that salvation is not a trip to the altar. Are you hearing me? Amen. Salvation is not a Sunday morning religion. Salvation isn't a get saved and sit down and hang on hold out till you get to heaven someday. Salvation and becoming a new creation means that you become a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That means that you come into the kingdom of God and you give your life to Christ. And now you choose to grow in Him and you choose to be renewed in Him. And you choose to let your light shine out unto others. Praise God. And notice here that David says, make a joyful shout to the Lord all ye lands. Make a joyful noise. Every every Christian should have a joyful shout of praise because of what God's done in their life. Amen? And notice he doesn't say make a joyful whimper. Amen. In other words, he's saying you ought to be bold and, and, and just praise God almost audacious about it. You just be, ought to be out there, praise God. I've got to shout. I don't care who hears me. In fact, I want everybody to hear me, praise God. Because I've got a joy in my life that cannot be stolen from me because it didn't come from you. It came from Jesus. Amen. Then notice we said here, he goes on, he says in verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. In Hebrew, that word gladness means to serve him with glee or joyfulness or mirth or rejoicing. In other words, he's saying serve the Lord. And that word serve there can also be translated, uh, you know, to work for the Lord. And it also is translated worship. We saw this already, but we'll just bear a little repetition. Meaning one, your service unto the Lord is your act of worship unto the Lord. Worship is not just us coming in here and singing hallelujah. Are you hearing me? Our worship is demonstrated and on display every day as we serve the Lord in our actions and our deeds, our attitudes, our talk, our walk, and people see Jesus Christ in us. Amen? And that's why he's saying, when you serve the Lord, what he is saying is this, your worship goes way beyond these sanctuary walls. Your worship is a part of your lifestyle. Your worship is your service unto the Lord. Your worship is your dedication to Christ. Your worship is living the new creation every day of your life. Amen? Amen? And so we begin to see these things and we begin to thank God for these things. And we begin to praise Him. You know, He says down here in verse 4, enter into His gates with thanksgiving. And we saw that, that word is a, a, a thank offering or, or a thankfulness, praise God. And so we find out here that, that our service unto the Lord and, and we're to come into His presence as a thank offering. In other words, not just our words thanking him, but our attitude is thanking him. Our hands lifted up is thanking him. Our actions, our attitude, everything about us, we become a thank offering unto the Lord. I'm his offering, not just my words. My, I am, I am am an offering unto the Lord. Amen? And I'm a worship unto the Lord. And so I began to serve Him. And so we got into looking how we had to revive our passion to serve the Lord. And, and we had to renew ourselves. And, and, and revival begins with me. It doesn't begin with us. Did you hear me? Yeah. See, you've got to put the me in revival before you can put the us in revival because every one of us individually must have an experience of revival in our own life. Amen? I need to be revived in my personal passion for the Lord. I need to be revived in my personal service unto the Lord. I need to be revived and come alive and, and, and stirred in myself to serve the Lord. And whenever I've got it operating in me, guess what? It's going to spread to others because fire begets fire. Hallelujah. Amen? And what happens is this, when I quit saying, I wish so-and-so would go ahead and get blessed and get saved or something. I mean, you know, they're the deadest thing. You know, instead of, instead of looking at somebody else and trying to make them get in revival, why don't we take a quick look at ourselves? praise God, and say, Lord, send revival to me. Stir me up in my service to you. Stir me up in my worship to you. Stir me up in my attitudes toward you. Lord, stir me up and bring alive in me a passion to live for you every day of my life. Amen? Amen. And then, of course, we talked about, you know, in in Romans uh, chapter 12. Verse 11, we found out over here, and we'll read it to you in the Amplified as we got into the next service, where he says, never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit serving the Lord. We need to be revived in the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon our life. Amen. Amen. I like what the message said. He says, don't burn out. Amen. Keep yourself fueled and aflame serving the Lord in other words I need to keep the fuel in there I need to keep the oil in there and 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 thank God we found out that that we all need to be filled with the Holy Ghost we need to have the gift of the Holy Ghost and be empowered of God and walk in the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit and there's one baptism in the Holy Spirit but there are multiple refillings of the Holy Spirit and we're to be continually filled and stimulated and stirred and anointed by the Spirit of God. In Ephesians 5:18, he says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That word filled there in the Greek, it says to be filled or stimulated and stirred or continuously filled with the Spirit. You know what that's, it's talking about there? It's not talking about filling up a glass of water until it just comes to the top. It's talking about the sail on a boat would be a better illustration. That when the wind catches that sail and fills it up, it pulls that boat right across the waves. Hallelujah. And when we get so full of the Holy Ghost, He's like the wind blowing from God. He catches our sails. And when our sails get so full, it just lifts up to us over, over top of the waves. And bless God, it takes us to our destination. Amen? And it's no more a struggle but praise God it is now us just cutting through those waves enjoying the blessings of the Lord you know the difference between an outboard motor boat and a sailboat I didn't know this but I found out a few years ago and when you when you have a motor on a boat that motor drives that thing through the waves it powers itself through the waves. But when you're on a sailboat, the sailboat doesn't power through the waves. The wind catches that sail and lifts it up and it just skirts over top of the waves. Hallelujah. Amen. And so what, what Paul is saying is this. Instead of trying to plow through the waves of life, instead of trying to plow through all the struggles of life, why don't you just go ahead and get filled with the Holy Ghost and let Him just fill you up to the point that He just pulls you right over top of the struggles of life takes you to your destination without your effort, but his effort. You see, the motor has to power the boat if it's the one that's churning through the water, but the person that's on the sailboat just sits there and lets the wind do all the work for him. Hallelujah. Folks, I want to tell you, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by the spirit of God that we're to get these things done. Amen. And then that brings us to this service, and, and we're going to look over here in Ephesians chapter 2, because you see, in this service we're going to redig some wells, hallelujah. Amen. We're going to revive some things in our lives, praise God. We're going to un, 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 unclog some streams that, that used to flow, praise God. We're going to get some wells that, that once was producing blessing to people out of our lives, but we allow the enemy to come in and clog them up and, and, and just, just get us away. Sometimes, you know, the things that we did before and we kind of let them go because of disappointments. Or sometimes, you know, uh, uh, people discourage us and we get away from discourage. And then sometimes we just let them go dormant. We just let them burn out. We don't keep fuel on them. And so therefore we stop doing the things that God calls to do, using the things that God called us to use. But in Ephesians 2, beginning in verse 8 down through verse 10, he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Notice you didn't just get saved to go to heaven. See, you're gonna, you always need to read verse 10, with verses 8 and 9. We, we've had a, just a bad habit of reading verses 8 and 9, that you're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, lest not of works as any man should boast. Oh, Hallelujah! God did a work in you but why did God do a work in you? The Amplified brings it out like this in verse 10. For we are God's own handiwork his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus. I've been recreated God came in and the new birth means he took the old heart out and put a new heart in. God recreated me. He took me from a sinner to a saint. He took me from a darkened, defeated, sin-ridden, devilish person and brought me over into a light, blessed God, happy, joyful, filled with the Spirit of God, child of the living God. Amen? He recreated me totally redid me. Why did he do that? He says, we are his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. Why? That we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them. Now let's stop right there. He's saying this, the reason that you got saved by grace and God poured out his spirit and he reached down and redid you is because he had a plan for your life. And with the plan for your life, he had works or service that he wants you to do for him. Serve the Lord with gladness. That's a a theme throughout the scriptures, praise God. And so he recreated us by his grace and mercy in Christ Jesus. And then when he brings us into Christ Jesus, all of a sudden he begins to declare to us and reveal to us, I did this because I have a lifestyle I want you to live. I have works and deeds and things that I have created you that you are uniquely made to be able to do. Oh, you need to get the hold of that folks. See, we're a new creation in Christ Jesus recreated in Christ Jesus. But according to the word, God recreates us in the image he wants us to be and gives us the what he wants us to do. Not everybody's made exactly alike. Not everybody has the same thing. Paul wrote to the Corinthians and said some of your eyes, some of your ears, some of your hands, some of your feet, some of your mouth, some of your, but we're all the body and every one of us are uniquely made to do something special in the kingdom of God. Yes. And so God had a planned work for you, a planned operation for you, a life for you to live. Praise God. And notice what he says here at the end of, of verse 10 of the Amplified. He said that we should walk in them living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Ooh, glory to God. He calls it the good life. You want to find joy and happiness and victory in your life? Find out why God made you, and find out what God made you to do, and find out what God has put in you, and find out the life God wants you to live, and then jump in it with all you've got and start doing everything within you to serve God in the way He wanted you to serve Him. Amen? Amen. There's no greater joy. No wonder David could say, make a joyful shout unto the Lord. His whole heart was to serve God. He wasn't perfect. We already saw that. That's why we used him as an example. Praise God. But at the same time, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. He, he wanted to live and do and be what God created him to be. And the Bible says that's what we're created for. God recreated us in Christ Jesus to do these things. Now, look in Ephesians chapter 4. Because you see, we have revival. You're going to have to get in your place. Amen. And when there's a revival going on, guess what? People are excited about what, go, what God wants them to do. Amen. And people are looking for ways to serve the Lord. Praise God. I like what Charles Finney said about revival. He said, revival is a renewed conviction of sin and repentance followed by an intense desire to live in obedience to God. Hallelujah. I need to say that one again, don't I? Charles Finney, he was a great revivalist. And he said, revival is a renewed conviction of sin and repentance. In other words, it's a renewed conviction. I don't want to live in sin. I'm going to repent. I'm turning from sin. It's not going to dominate my life. Followed by an intense desire to live in obedience to God. An intense desire to live in obedience to God. Man, I have an intense desire to live in God's perfect will. I want to be where God is, doing what God wants me to do. I want to walk under His shadow. Hallelujah. Amen. Just want to be right there. It's a, it's a passion to serve the Lord, praise God. And remember we said you, told you about passion or being passionate means having or showing strong feelings, praise God. In other words, if I'm passionately desiring and intensely desiring the things of God, it means I, I feel strongly about this. Don't be talking down my Lord. I feel real strong about it. Amen. I have real strong feelings towards that, praise God. Amen. I'm passionate about that. It's something I'm intense about. It's something that praise God. You know, it, it just like this, you know, uh, you could at, at the drop of a hat, we'll talk, talk about Jesus. And just so the hat gets dropped, I'll wear my own. Hallelujah. <laughs> praise God. Are you hearing me? And so he says here, we, we get into this, into these works and in Ephesians chapter four and verse one, the apostle Paul continues on. And he says this. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, the bondservant, the prisoner. In other words, Paul has just totally locked himself up with the Lord. Paul says, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. I came in, locked myself in, threw the key away. Don't try to get me out. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. I'm enjoying it too much. Don't try to set me free. I don't want to be free because I am free. And the closer I get to the Lord, the more I enjoy the life He created for me. Amen? I, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, beseech you, I'm begging to you, to walk worthy of the, of the calling with which you were called. Notice that every born-again, he's writing to the church of Ephesus, every born-again child of God has a calling, or the King James says a vocation, an invitation from God to do something in the kingdom and in the body of Christ. Every one of us are called. Well, I just thought you was called if you was an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. No, he didn't say in Ephesians 2.8 that, that by grace, every apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher is saved. No, he said that every person on earth is receiving grace, and every person in earth comes into a place where God has a work and a plan and a purpose for their life. And now in Ephesians 4, he's saying for every believer, everyone that yields their self to the Lord, God has a calling, an invitation to you, a vocation for you to live for him and do something for him. And it's special. What should you do about your vocation and your calling? You should be like the apostle Paul said to the Romans. He said, I'm an apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify my office. You know what he was saying? I ex- I'm excited about what God called me to do. Amen. I put great stock in what God called me to do. I count it as a precious thing. Praise God. Then he goes on and he says, "This here's how you're supposed to live with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love." Why is he saying that? Because there are a lot of people out there that are going to try to get you out of walking out of your calling. Come on, you better stay humble. You better have some gentleness about you and meekness, and you better be long suffering. Amen. That word long suffering means long tempered and not easily roused, not easily upset, not easily de- defeated, not easily offended, not easily discouraged. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to walk that way in my calling. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. Notice there it comes back again. You were called in that one hope of your calling. God called you into his works. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Verse 7, but to each one of us, each one, who, who all these talking about there? Each one of us. Who is it that he's talking to? Each one of us, every one of us. I'm included in that. Amen. You're included in that. But each and every one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Notice with your calling and the work and the position and the thing that God has invited you to do when he recreated you. He's not only called you to do it, but he gives you the grace to be able to do it. Grace is all, always comes with a call. Grace is God's divine influence and favor. In other words, he says, I'm going to give you the grace, the divine influence, and favor to fulfill everything I've called you to do. Why? Because it's not by your might nor your power you're going to get it done. It's you walking in my grace, in my influence, in my favor, in my goodness, and in my mercy, and my presence in your life. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Then he goes on and he says this. Therefore, he says, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity to captive, and he gave gifts unto men. Notice this third thing is that he gives you a gift. What's a gift? This word gift here means a supernatural endowment. He's not talking now just about the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, because he just got sent, done saying sent up there unto each and every one of us is given. So, every born again believer, right now, under the sound of my voice, every one of us, here's the thing you've got to get a hold of. God saved you. God brought you into a work that He had already prearranged for you to walk in. And when you choose to walk in His plan and His purpose and do His work and serve Him with your life, it is a good life that He prepared for you to live. And God, along with that, He called that calling that He puts upon you. He gives you His grace and divine influence and favor to carry it out. And then God comes along and He gives you. Gives you a gift, a supernatural, spiritual endowment, something that's a talent, a gift, an ability within you to do what you're called to do. Hallelujah. And for there to be revival take place in the church, the church once again as one is each and every one of us, we must come before the Lord as a believer and say, "Lord, I'm going to be revived in my calling that you call me to do. And Lord, I'm going to let you revive and restore and bring back to vigor and to back to life into me your grace." In fact, the apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said, "I am what I am because of the grace of God that was bestowed upon me." And he says, "And I've done all these things through the grace." And he says, "Yet not I but the grace that was given me and I labored more abundantly what developing that grace than anybody else the reason Paul did great things was this Paul learned how to get it out of himself and get it over where God was taking care of him and so God is calling us now and God is giving us grace now and God gives us a gift a spiritual endowment so that we can walk and do the things that he's called us to do but he doesn't stop there look in Romans chapter 12 Romans the 12th chapter praise God Let's go over here in, in verse three, Paul is writing here to the church and he says in verse three, "For I say through the grace given to me. Notice there Paul's, he, he just telling everybody I'm operating in the grace. I'm doing the things that God called me to do and I'm not doing it through my own strength. If you're doing it through your own strength, you're probably worn out, defeated and need revival. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right, that's true, Amen. If you're trying to fulfill what God called you to do in your own intelligence and your own might and your own power, you are probably a burned over, burned out vessel. But that's all right. We're going to pour some oil on you tonight. Praise God. And we're going to, we're going to redig some of those things and revive them and bring them back to life. Praise God. He says in Romans 12, three, for I say through the grace given to me to every one who is among you. Not to, and he's writing to the church. He's writing to everyone among them, every believer in, in the church at Rome. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now, what are we finding out? God saved you by his grace. God called you into his works. God prepared works for you to do, prepared a place for you to serve him. God called you into that service. God gives you grace to do that service. God gives you the gifting, a supernatural spiritual endowment, an ability within you to do what he's asked you to do. And then he says he gives you faith so that you make a work in your life. Woo. So I'm called, I'm gifted, I'm graced, and I've got faith to get it all done. Hallelujah. Somebody says, I wish I could have faith. Get saved. Because you can't be saved without faith. Because by faith, you're saved by grace. Amen. And so therefore, if you're saved, guess what? When you got saved, God gave you faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Quit walking around here letting the devil think for you. Amen. Listen, the devil will think for you if you let him. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, take no thought, saying... Amen? devil will try to control what you think and what you say. Don't let him control what you think or say. Cast those things down and fix your mind on the Lord Jesus Christ and set yourself to think like God wants you to think and believe like God and set the Word is what causes you to think. Amen? So therefore, praise God, I believe that I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I'm delivered from the power of darkness, brought into the kingdom of the Son of God. And God prearranged and had a work for me before He ever even called me, before I ever listened to Him, before I ever yielded to Him. God had a plan for my life. And with that plan, God called me into it. He gave me a vocation with that plan. He gave me grace to fulfill that vocation. He gave me an endowment of of a gift that I could operate in that would give me the strength to get it done. And then, praise God, He gave me faith to make it work in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's who you are. You may not know it yet, but praise God, just think on it a little while. It'll come to you. That's who you are. That's the new creation Christ made you to be. It's what God did in you when he recreated you in Christ Jesus. Now look what Paul goes on and says you're supposed to do with that grace and that gift and that calling and that faith. He says this, for we, as for as we are many members in one body, but all the members have not the same office or the function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. In other words, we all have different functions and we all have different parts, but we're all the body of Christ. See, this confirms that, that, that we were all not created just exactly like. We were all created in Christ Jesus exactly like. But God created us with a special uniqueness about each and every one of us. You have a unique calling in your life. You have a unique grace in your life. You have a unique gift in your life. You have a a uniqueness of faith in your life, praise God. There's something about you that makes you special, that, that whenever God wants you and he puts you in his body, you fit right in there, praise God. And when you fit in there, you make it full, and it makes it look good, and it becomes a good life because now God is working through you, and the vine is now pumping everything it is right into you as this branch, and you have began to walk in the things of God. And now the body's coming together and revival's taking place because we're all serving the Lord with gladness and worshiping him. Now let's go on and let's look at some of these different functions. Having then gifts differing, having then different special endowments, giftings and, and abilities and talents differing. In other words, my gift may not be like yours and yours may not be like mine, but praise God, I tell you what, each one of them are unique and special in the eyes of God. Amen. Now look what he says. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. In other words, I have grace for my gift. I don't have grace for your gift. That's why some of us got burnt out. It's because we wanted to do what we was watching somebody else do. But God didn't call us to do that. God didn't create us to do that. God called us to do something else and created us to do something else and gave us grace to do that and gave us faith to do that. But we wanted to do what they were doing. And so therefore, we didn't have the grace to do what they were doing because the grace goes with the gift. Amen. And so if I want to walk in that grace, I got to get in my gift i got to get in my place, because that's where it's going to function for me. Amen? Now let's read on. Look what he says. He says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, let us use them. Let us operate in them. Let us use them for the glory of God. We can say it like this. Let us use them to serve the Lord with. Now, what are we going to do if prophecy let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry? Let us uh, use it in our ministering or he who teaches in teaching or he who exhorts in exhortation or he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence or he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. That's different giftings in the church. Let's, let's break them down just for a moment. The word prophecy there. There's a difference in prophecy and a prophet's ministry. See a lot of people see prophecy and they think they're supposed to go around and foretell and, and speak things over people, but that's not what he's talking about. Prophecy, according to 1 Corinthians 14:3, is edification, exhortation, and comfort. In other words, to prophesy. And in fact, Revelation 19:10 says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So you know what prophesying is according to the proportion of your faith? That means that God will work in your life that you'll speak into people edification and encouragement and and comfort and you'll minister to them and you'll witness to them about Jesus. And when you begin to talk about Jesus and you begin to, to speak out blessings to people, a spirit of prophecy comes on you and the anointing comes on you and it just begins to bless the people that are around you. Paul said all may prophesy that all may be edified. Remember that over First Corinthians? Well, what's he talking about? He's not talking about everybody's going to get up and say, Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow the world's going to come to an end. No, that's not what he's talking about. What he's saying, though, is this, according to the first year of faith, and some will do it more than others because you may have that uniqueness about you, but it's, it's the thing that when you begin to speak, there's an anointing comes on you to be a blessing to people and an encouragement to people. And a comfort to people and strengthen them. And God just gives you the words to say to them. And it's just like when you walk off, you go, "Whew, that was good. Wonder where that came from. Well, you won't have to wonder anymore. It didn't come from you. It came from God. Hallelujah. And God used you to be a blessing in that situation. Also, he talks about ministry or service. That's practical service. Ministry here would be actually helps or supportive ministries. In other words, wait on your ministering. Find out where you can support. Find out where you can help. Find out where you can get involved. Find out where you can serve God in the church. Hallelujah. Then he talks about teaching. Well, those are that's teaching ministry. That could be a traveling teacher, like one of the five-fold ministries, or that could be teaching in Sunday school, teaching in youth, teaching in, 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 a, in a Bible study, teaching. In, in, in other words, it's bringing forth information and inspiration and revelation to people. And there are people that, are, that, are, that have a gift of teaching. And that doesn't mean they're going to be out ministering all over the world. But it means that God uses them to bring information and teaching. And when you ask them to do a Bible study, it's a blessing. And it just seems like it flows out of them, praise God. Amen? If you're not a teacher, don't try to be a teacher. Just like if you're not a singer, don't try to be a singer. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody said, why don't you just let everybody sing up on the platform? I'm smart enough to not do that. Hallelujah. Not everybody's a platform singer. Some of them are shire singers. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. That's the same thing when it comes to teaching. Not everybody is anointed to teach, but everybody can share and encourage and strengthen and, and share good news with others. Amen. But some are really called to teach and be a good teacher. The word exhort means to encourage. You're an exhorter. You know, there, there, there are people that are not using your gift. But I want to tell you what, I've been around people that they're exhorters. And you know what that means? That means you get around them and the first thing they're talking to you and you just feel good about yourself. Man, you just feel like you well, you can run through a troop and leap over a wall when you get done talking to them. Because they're encouraging you. They're exhorting you to go on. When you get to them, they're just kind of stirring you up. Hallelujah. Well, if you've got that gift, you should use it for the Lord. Then he talks about the giver. Praise God. And, and that is this. God blesses some people to be able to make money by accident more than most of us can make it on purpose. But he expects them to be generous with that giving and sow into the kingdom of God. And they become supporters and financial givers and and strengtheners into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. There are those who lead, all leadership, elders, team captains, department leaders. I mean, people that take the lead. And he says, do it with diligence. In other words, if I'm going to take a lead role in some area, I'm going to be diligent. And I'm going to do it out of the gift and the grace of God that's within me. Amen? I'm going to serve the Lord with my gift then he says, one who shows mercy. Actually, that word there is acts of mercy and kindness. This would be a good visitation ministry. Those who are are filled with mercy and kindness and cheerful when they go do it. And you know, somebody shows up at the hospital. You don't want somebody coming in and say, well, it looks like you're going to die. Let me pray for you. (laughs) You know, they told me it's bad, but I didn't know it was this bad. Oh, God, Jesus, help them now. You really don't want somebody showing up like that in your room. Amen. (laughs) No, those who who show mercy, praise God. Those who can come in and praise God and they can can bring kindness and love and encouragement to you and lift you up and, and be there to assist you and bless you and praise God when they leave, you just feel good. Because they loved you and they came to to care for you and to minister to you and and reach out to you. And you know what's exciting about this, folks? Each one of these things Paul talks about is just as important as standing in the pulpit preaching. Because you've got to understand something. Each one of these are created by God on purpose, uniquely for that individual. That means God put great stock in what he put in you. He puts great honor in what He created you to be and what He called you to do. And like I said, a lot of us, we get out of that because we get burned out. Because we try to use our gift and, and, and maybe somebody rejected it and we got discouraged a few times. Or, or sometimes we just don't keep it fired up and inflamed and, and, and we forget what we were called to do. That's why He says don't burn out, but, but keep fueled up and keep your flame burning. Hallelujah. Let's, let's look at just a couple more scriptures. Look in First Peter chapter 4. Over here in First Peter chapter 4, the Apostle Peter says it like this. He says here, and in, in, we'll pick it up in First Peter chapter 4 and verse 7. He says, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Notice that? I like that. The end of all things at hand. Be serious and watchful in your prayers. Get serious about living for God. Get serious in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Notice that? Love will cover a multitude of sins, both yours and theirs. Hallelujah. Love will help you not be judgmental, burn out, and grow weary and defeated. Amen. Love will help you to look beyond their faults and still want to minister to them. And help you to do what God called you to do. As each one has received a gift. Notice that as each one has received a gift, the amplified says, as each of you have received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment. I like that. That's what that gift is. That gift is a particular spiritual talent or a gracious divine endowment. What am I going to do with that gracious endowment, that gift? He tells us right here, he says this, he says, and, and above all things have love. And then he goes on, he says down here and he says, he goes on, he says, as each one of you has received this gift, minister it to one another, notice that minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Then he goes on, he says, if anyone speaks, let him uh, speak as an oracle of God or as a voice speaking out for God. Notice that. Minister out as God would have you to minister. Let Him do it with the ability which God supplies. That in all things, why? God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom uh, being the, 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 the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Know what's He saying? He's saying when you are using your gifts, you're bringing glory to God. Folks, revival means more than just going to church. Revival is whenever you have an intense burning desire to locate your place, your gifts, your anointings, your, 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 your faith and, 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 and grace and talents, and you begin to cherish them, and you begin to say, Lord, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. If you go back and study the prophet, man, he was looking out and he was going, woe is this, and woe is this, and woe is this, and woe is that. Woe are they. Then he saw the Lord, and he goes, whoa, is me. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he realized, I need a touch. And you remember the story. God sent an angel, and he took the coal of fire and touched his lips and cleansed him. Then he said, who will go? He said, here, my Lord, send me. Isn't it amazing? When you let God touch you, you want to be the one that gets sent. You want to be used of God. There's an intense desire that begins to rise up on the inside of you saying, Lord, let me be used of you no matter what it is. Lord, if it's back in the back with the kids and nobody ever know it, you'll know it. And I'll do it as unto the Lord with the gifting and the gracing of God that, that will bring glory to you and change a life and touch somebody's heart and raise a child for the kingdom of God. Lord, if it's, it's out here working, if it's doing stuff and nobody knows, if it's menial things that the world or the, even the church world says, well, that's nothing much. Lord, I'm gonna do it with all my might, all my power. I'm gonna do it unto the glory of God because I was uniquely made and qualified and created by you. To do this very thing. That's revival. And Lord, I'm doing it as unto you that you might be glorified. Hallelujah. Now what are we going to do? How are we going to get there? 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. The apostle is writing here. And he says this. We're going to pick it up down here in verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. Paul's writing to Timothy, and he's talking to him. He reminds him about his, his faith legacy. And then he gets down and he says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwell first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded in you also. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. Now, what is Paul saying? Paul says, I know you have faith. I see the faith. But right now, you're a little burnt out, and you don't even see your faith. You don't know what God's done in your past. You've forgotten where God has brought you from. You forgot what God has done to you. And now what you need to do is quit walking around here in this weariness and tiredness and wondering whether God loves you anymore or not and realize you have faith, and you have a gift, and you have an anointing. And it's up to you now to stir that up and strengthen that and get it back alive in you and begin to do again what God called you to do. No. Paul is encouraging his son, his spiritual son to get involved. I like what the Amplified says in verse 6. That is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by the means of the laying on of my hands. You know what Paul's telling to him? He said, man, you need to flame, fan the flame. What did he say in Romans twelve eleven? we saw? He said, keep the flame burning, stay aglow. I'm going to tell you something, if we're going to have revival, we all need to stop for a moment and say, Lord, what have I been called to do? What's my gifting? What's my grace? Because see, when I find out what my vocation is, my place, my calling, what you created me to do, and my path that I'm running, the lane I'm to run in, the work that I'm supposed to do. The people I'm supposed to influence and touch and bless. The things I'm supposed to do to make the kingdom of God come alive. The things I'm supposed to do to help the church reach the community and do the things it's called to do. Lord, when I find that, then I'll understand that I have grace. Help me to relocate and again find that grace, that divine favor and divine influence from you. To be able to do it not in my own strength or power, but in your ability and in your strength that you give me. And Lord God, along with that grace, I thank you for that spiritual endowment. Help me to stir up the gift. I've got gifts and talents that I've just laid down. Help me to bring them back alive again, Lord. And, Lord, I'm going to stir up my faith. And I'm going to fan the flame. And I'm going to get that fire burning again. I'm not just going to sing anymore. I'm going to sing. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? I'm not going to just shout anymore. I'm going to shout with a voice of triumph. Glory to God. (laughs) Man, I'm going to tell you what, I'm not just going to pray, I'm going to get serious in prayer. Are you hearing me? And Lord God, I'm not just going to go through the motions. In fact, if I find myself falling back in that lane of just going through the motions, I'm going to stir myself and say, stop it! I don't live like this. I don't live no mundane Christianity. I don't live in defeat. I don't live in doubt. I don't live in fear. I don't live in timidity. I am a child of God. I've been recreated in Christ Jesus for good works. And I've got a gift. And I've got a calling. And I've got grace. And I've got faith. And God's using me. And I'm going to do my part to bring the kingdom of God into this world. Hallelujah. And touch people's lives. So what we're going to do is this. You're not going to get a new gift. When you got called, God gave you all he's going to give you. You can develop the gift just like you can develop the grace. You're not going to get any more faith. God gave you a measure of faith, but you can develop that faith. Are you listening to me? See, when you were born and brought into this world, you had the same amount of muscle that you have right now. You haven't received any more muscles that you got older. Hopefully you made them a little stronger. Maybe, hopefully, you've made them a little bit bigger. Amen. But you see, they're the same muscles you were born with. You don't get new muscles, but you can renew those muscles. You can strengthen them. If you put them through the right situations, amen? Your spirit man, your gift, your call, your grace, your faith, your knowing, it's all given to you. And God says, now you make it happen. See, in Matthew chapter 25, you know the story, we won't go there and look at it, but you know the parable of the talents. He gave one five, one two, and one one. And the one with five went out and doubled them up. The one with two, he went out and put them to use and they doubled up. You know, if you use it, it increases. But one decided, you know, I don't think I want to do this. He takes it, puts it in a napkin, buries it in the ground. Only thing is, the Lord comes back, and see, this is the thing. God gives us talents and abilities; expects us to use it. And when we use them, He increases them. He grows it. You get better at what you're doing. Are you listening to me? But here is where you have to do. You have to. You, you, some of us have taken our talents and we quit growing them. We quit using them. We buried them. But you see, they only grow if you use them. And what we've got to do right now is make up our mind, Lord, we're going to grow our talent. We're going to grow our be-. But you see, to do that, everything has to come from your heart. Right, amen. Let me tell you something, folks. Listen to me, because we're going to pray here in just a moment. To fan the inner flame means that's your heart. Timothy had quit serving God out of a passion in his heart and was serving him out of his head and out of a routine. That's why his faith wasn't working. That's why his gift wasn't working. That's why he wasn't seeing results. Because Christianity had become normal to him. It had been common to him. And he's living out of the natural instead of the spiritual. But Paul says, fan the inner flame, the fire of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. See, listen, if we're going to preach, pastors, we're going to have to preach out of the heart. We can't preach out of memory. We can't preach out of what was. We can't preach out of what we've heard. We can't preach it because we preached it before. We need to dig back down into the scriptures and make those come alive again. Make those messages come alive again. So the one we preach is flowing out of our hearts. It's like manna flowing from heaven is revelation knowledge, not just knowledge. Worship leaders, we cannot not just have good songs. We have to worship out of the heart. We have to get before God, and our praise is flowing up out of our heart, and we're drawing people to the Lord. We don't just greet out here and, and, and be cheerful and, and do it just, oh, I'm showing up, doing something for God. No, we should be there. Glory to God, I'm going to change somebody's life today. God, I'm going to influence somebody for Jesus. God, somebody's going to come in here and they're going to need a handshake and they're going to need a smile and I'm going to let the anointing flow out of me and the flame of God flow out of me and touch their lives, hallelujah. They're going to be blessed when they get into the sanctuary. Because yeah. God, you created me for this and I have an anointing for this and I, I'm doing it from my heart, hallelujah. Yes. And whenever this starts coming, when we're serving the Lord out of our heart and not out of our head, it releases the fire of God and revival breaks loose. Because when I'm serving God out of my heart, I know why I'm doing it. I know the cause. Do you know why you're doing what you're doing? Do you know what the cause is today? If you don't, you need to revive that fire. Because see, we've got to serve God from the heart. Revival begins in my heart. Those gifts and callings and grace and faith comes alive in my heart. And all of a sudden, I know what I'm here for. I know why I'm doing this. It's to glorify my Lord and to touch somebody's life and release his glory into this place. And let Jesus be exalted and magnified in all of our lives. That's revival. That's Revival. And God is looking for us to have that revival. You know, I was praying about this this afternoon. I said, Lord, how how do you want us to stir these things up? And the Lord said, did you notice that last verse you read there, the the gift that you received by the laying on of my hands? I said, yes, sir. He said, if Paul laid hands on him to get the gift, you could lay hands on him to help him to stir up the gift. And so I said, okay, I believe I can do that. You may want that tonight. Maybe you just, tonight you need a stirring yourself. But I want to tell you what, this is the beginning. This is not the end. This is the start. This is us stirring ourselves. This is our getting our passion for our service for the Lord and and loving Him individually. This is our passion to be filled with the Holy Spirit and walking in the, the anointing of God. This is our passion to stir up our calling and our purpose and our cause in the kingdom again and know who we are in Christ. Why? Because... I don't know if you, I do. I, I'm not going to say that. That's a statement of doubt. I believe you're like me. I want to see revival more than I want to see anything else on this earth right now. I want to experience the glory of God. I want to experience lives being changed and multitudes coming into the kingdom of God. I want to experience healings and miracles and signs and wonders. I want to see people eager to get to church. I want to see people showing up early and and praying and and, and getting ready for a move of God. I want to see the the areas across this nation talking about Jesus. Did you hear what went on down that church Sunday? Oh, have you seen what's going on? Did you see what happened to so-and-so? And talking about the Lord. dreaming of it. I'm thinking of it. I'm craving and I'm hungry and I'm praying for it. For it to happen, we have to come back to the heart. Just like Paul told Timothy son, you got to go back and remember what God called you to do and what He gave you faith for and stir that inner flame. Get that fire burning again. Get that passion going again. Know your calls, know your purpose. And let the anointing begin to rise up in you again. And whatever you do, do all for the glory of the Lord. Amen. Amen.